Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome everybody to worship on this, the seventh and the final Sunday in the season of Easter. For our friends who are worshiping online or on the radio on KFUO, just a reminder that you can always go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org. There you will find the bulletin for this service under the resources tab, so you can follow along uh, during worship. And there's also options for giving your offering or your tithes to the Lord under the Give tab. As many of you are aware, this Sunday is a very special day in our church, and especially for two young Christians and their families, as they are confirmed and make uh, confession of their faith a little bit later in this service this morning. This is Confirmation Day. Uh, the confirmands have an opportunity to share their faith as they read their life verse papers, which are really just a testimony of their faith and why that verse is special to them. In the past, that has been done in front of the class, just the class and, some, and the families and, and some church staff, but we are blessed today that we will all be able to hear our confirmants share their testimonies during the service today. That'll happen right around the time of the sermon. Uh, we will also have a cake and punch reception in our confirmants' honor after the service today, and, um, and uh, we certainly wish God's greatest blessings and richest blessings on those two confirmants today. A few other announcements to share with you before we begin worship. Our Chapel Travelers trip to Branson is June 6th and 7th, and there's a pre-trip meeting today right after this service that will take place here in the sanctuary. And that short meeting uh, covers a whole lot of information that those who are traveling need to know. So if you're one of the 50 or so people going on that trip, please stay here in the sanctuary for that, for that meeting after church. Starting Wednesday, June 7th, we will be holding... Holden evening prayer services throughout the summer in the prayer chapel. Uh, that will take place on the first and the third Wednesdays of the month. That service starts on the 7th of June, and the time that it starts is 6 p.m., so each service will start at 6. Uh, please join us for that. There's more information in your chapel weekly. Chapel Summer Choir will begin rehearsing on Thursday, June 8th. Rehearsals are on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Those rehearsals run through the end of July, and you're invited to come and sing with the summer choir, even if you're not part of the regular choir during the year. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet at the Welcome Center, so you can put your name down. If you've got any questions about that, please see Ryan Meyer. He'd be happy to talk to you about that. The first weekend in June, we will begin a new summer worship Sunday school and uh, Bible class and sermon series called God's Living Water. That series will focus on the theme of the living water, Jesus Christ, and how God used the, the, uh, the uh, water in the Bible um, as a theme to talk about his purposes for his good and for his glory. As part of that celebration, as we kick off that, that uh, summer series, we will have our Sunday services on that weekend outside. So our Saturday service will, will be here in the, in the sanctuary, but both Sunday services will take place on the lawn outside, weather permitting, of course. Uh, bring a lawn chair if you could. When you come, we've got other chairs, but your lawn chair might be more comfortable. We look forward to that special weekend. That's the weekend of June 4th. Our elder for this week is Jim Crozier. Jim is... He's going to be, oh, there he is. <laughs> he's he's going to, after the service, he'll be at the door uh, greeting you. So get to know Jim as one of your elders here at Chapel of the Cross. God's blessings to you as we worship together. We stand and share the peace of our Lord with one another, after which we'll sing our entrance hymn together.
Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty Father, your son prayed for his disciples 
to remain one as you and he are one. Keep your church bound together in love and obedience to you, so that the world may believe in him whom you have sent, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The first reading is from the first chapter of Acts. <clears throat> then they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the zealot, and Judas, son of James. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of David concerning Judas, who served as guide for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in this ministry. With the reward he got for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There he fell headlong, his body burst open, and all his intestines spilled out. Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called that field in their language a keldama, that is, field of blood. For, said Peter, it is written in the book of Psalms, may his place be deserted, let there be no one to dwell in it, and may another take his place of leadership. Therefore, it is necessary to choose one of the men who have been with us the whole time the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from John's baptism to the time when Jesus was taken up from us. For one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they proposed two men. Joseph called Barsabbas, also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of these two you have chosen to take over this apostolic ministry which Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots, and the lot fell to Matthias. So he was added to the eleven apostles. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is from the fourth and fifth chapters of First Peter. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed, for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should not be as a murderer or a thief or any other kind of criminal or even a meddler, 
However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you're, you bear that name. For it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. And if it begins with us, what will the outcome be for those who do not obey the gospel of God? And if it is hard for the righteous to be saved, what will become of the ungodly and the sinner? So then, those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator and continue to do good. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing faith, firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord.
Please stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and he prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. You granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given to him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew a certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given to me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Together we confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated as we sing our hymn together, Be Strong in the Lord.
Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Today is a wonderful day. It's Confirmation Day. This day is the culmination and the celebration of a process of learning and growing that began a long time ago. Actually, it began the day that you two were baptized. That day that God gave to you forgiveness and life and salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. God claimed you that day as his own. And God made you two part of his family. And you guys have lived that faith and you've grown in that faith and you've learned more and more about that Lord and Savior over the years and how he has claimed you and how he's made you part of his family until today, Confirmation Day. And you come before family and church members and most importantly, your Lord, and you confess that faith and you are confirmed by the church. It is a blessing for you and I and Ethan to share your faith and how God has worked in your lives as you two read your life verse papers here. And certainly it is a blessing for all of us to be able to hear and to listen as you share that beautiful faith that you have and that the Lord has given to you. So we take just a little time to hear from our confirmands. And I and Ethan, if you two could come forward to the lectern and share your confirmation verses. Good morning. My name is Anaya Cleveland, and I was baptized when I was 11 months old at Chapel of the Cross Lutheran on February 7, 2010. The life verse I chose for my confirmation is Joshua 1, verse 9, that states, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Everyone has a fear of something whether it's spiders, heights, or even death. But in God, we have nothing to fear because he has promised to always be with us. He sent his son, Jesus, to die on the cross for us so that one day we can live with him in heaven. I am so thankful that God sent his son to die on the cross for me. When I die, I want to go to heaven and see Jesus. And because God sent his son to die for us, I can and will. Knowing that someone so powerful and mighty loves me and has promised to always love me and be with me wherever I go, just brings me so much comfort. Without Jesus in my life, it would be horrible. So horrible, I can't even describe it. But I don't have to think about that because I trust in Jesus Christ as my savior and believe that on judgment day, I will be with him in eternal life forever. In religion class at school, we were talking about how even if everyone were to only sin three times a day, that would still be a lot because three times 365 days times your age. That's over 10,000 sins, at least for me. That's a lot of sin. But even throughout my lifetime, God promises me forgiveness for every single one of my sins because of what Jesus did for me on the cross. He even promises to help me by the Holy Spirit to do what's right every single day. I am so grateful that God gave me an amazing family, an amazing church family, and an even better relationship with him. 
These are some of the best things a person can ask for. And to know my foundation in Christ is solid because of all these people makes me overwhelmed with happiness. Not to mention the friends he has given me through school, church, and volleyball. I couldn't ask for more. I am so thankful for the four amazing, kind, and silly siblings he has given me, and parents who only want what's best for all of us and nothing less. Now that I have graduated middle school and I'm on my way to high school, I know the challenges will get harder, but I know through God all things are possible because he has promised to be with me. I will continue to pray every day and give God thanks for, my, for the many things he has given me while I open this new chapter in my life. I pray that God continues to bless me with new friends at my new school and to bless me with everything that I do and get. Thank you. My name is Ethan Moss. I'm in the eighth grade at Melville Middle School. My life verse is Matthew 5, 14 through 15. You are the light of the world. A sea on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and gives a light to everyone in the house. My story of faith started like it did for many other Christians when I was baptized. But I feel like my faith really started to grow and become more active when I got around the age of 11. That was when I really started to participate and pay more attention to the sermons. When I was younger, my family and I didn't go to church regularly, about once or twice a month, and I sat in church and did the kids' activity worksheet. I even remember practicing cursive on the scribble notes when I was in second grade. But as I got, but as I got older, I got into confirmation, we started going more and more often. Instead of sitting there drawing or doodling, I took my notes on the sermon and became more interested in learning about God, His love for us, and the wonderful stories of Jesus. I didn't take it for granted. I use it as time to learn about my faith with my family and friends, and it's time where we can learn about our Lord and Savior. When I think about how God has blessed me, I don't think about the cool stuff like shoes, a PlayStation, or money. I think about my big loving family, or the roof above my head, and the food I eat, my education and faith, or even just the oxygen I breathe. All of this wouldn't be possible without our God. I am thankful for every little thing God has given me, and I don't take it for granted, because many people don't have things like a family to rely on, or a roof above their head, or even food to eat. I may sometimes want the popular stuff that I see other people have, but at the end of the day, I am happy with what God has blessed me with. God works through our lives and affects our day-to-day -day life all the time. He often uses family or friends to guide us or strengthen us. For example, if a family or friend offers to help you, take care of you, or give you advice when you need it, God is using that person to reach you. God, God also motivates us to be better people in life. As we know, none of us follow all the commandments all the time, but we are aware of God's rules and they encourage us to follow them and to be a better person. I always try to follow the commandments and think about them every day, even though we are sinful and we cannot change that. But I pray and I try my best to follow God's word and the commandments in everything I do. And I know even though we fail at God's commandments, Jesus has forgiven us in our sins, and that gives me hope and makes me thankful for his, God, his and God's love for us. What Matthew 5, 14 through 15 means to me is that we must share God's word to others and not hide it. Share it with everyone and let them know how great God is and how wonderful Jesus' story is. 
I will use this verse throughout my life. I will share God's story with others who may be ignorant of Jesus and grow their Christian faith. I will shine the light if ever questioned about my faith and show them how truly great God is. Amen. Thank you both for sharing. It's been my privilege to teach you over this past year. I know that your parents and your family are very, very proud of you both. I'm very proud of you both too. And I certainly look forward to seeing how God will continue to work and to move in your lives and in your heart as you serve him uh, in the days and the months and the years ahead. Now this day, this confirmation day, it really is kind of a, a transition day for you. You're getting older, you're growing up, you're maturing. And as we heard in your testimonies there, your faith is growing and your faith is maturing. So it's a time of transition for you. If you think back to that gospel reading you heard a few minutes ago, that was a time of transition there too. That took place in the upper room. Jesus was going to be going to the cross very soon to die. He would rise in three days, and he promised the Holy Spirit for his followers. And then those disciples, they'd become more than just disciples, more than just followers. They would become apostles, sent ones is what that word means, sent ones to the whole world with this message of grace and mercy and love. And during this time of transition for those disciples here in John 17, Jesus prays for those special friends of his. Listen to uh, that uh, John 17, just one verse there, verse 11. Jesus prayed, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name. There are times, I think, in our lives when we, like Jesus in this text, realize the incredible danger that we or others might be in, and immediately, almost instinctively, we respond with prayer. A few weeks ago, I was watching the news about this band of strong thunderstorms and tornadoes that was just kind of marching across the south, especially in Mississippi. And they showed this, this local weatherman, Matt, Matt Laubin from WTVA in Tupelo, and he, he was given live on-air updates about a verified tornado's trajectory. You and I, I mean, we've probably watched something like that just hundreds of times. We tune into Channel 4 or 2 or 5 during a storm, and we watch Glenn Zimmerman or Ken Earhart or, or Steve Templeton as they track the storms that come through St. Louis. And it's, it's amazing. They can even pinpoint those storms, that severe weather, down to the neighborhood, down to a street. And, you know, sometimes they say, okay, now it's time to go to your basement. Now it's time to find a safe spot to ride out the storm. But that weather report from Mississippi was a little bit different. As that tornado was bearing down on the city of Amory, Mississippi, Matt Laubin gave this warning. He said, this is a strong, life-threatening tornado that's going to move extremely close to Amory or in through the northern part of the city of Amory. And right when he got done saying that, then the, the, the radar kind of moved, you know how it does, and a new scan came in, and you could see how the storm moved. And he looked at that, and he grew visibly emotional, and he bent over his screen on his desk, and he just said, oh, man. He let out a heavy sigh. 
Then Matt Laban did what many of us would do in a situation like that, but something that you might not expect to see on the local news. He prayed. He turned to God and he prayed. Dear Lord, please help them. Amen. How often that has been our prayer too, hasn't it? When, you know, we realize the danger of a situation, especially when one of our children or one of our loved ones is in a dangerous situation, we pray, don't we? And if you've had an experience like that where your child or a loved one is in a life or death situation, you know what it's like to pray like that. Lord, help them. Father, protect them. Holy God, just spare their life. And so you also know how Jesus prayed in John 17. Maybe you've prayed a prayer like that when a son or a daughter or a grandson or a granddaughter has been able to drive a car on their own for the very first time. This past Thursday, my son Jacob got his driver's license. What do you think has been my prayer this week? Oh, Father, protect him and everybody else. Or, you know, maybe you've waved goodbye to one of your kids going away to college. And as that car leaves the driveway, that prayer goes through your heart, doesn't it? Father, protect her. Or maybe parents and grandparents and loved ones of our confirmands, as you see Anaya and Ethan up here at this transitional time, sitting up here in their white gowns, and as you know the dangers and the threats and the perils of this world that they will be facing, isn't that your prayer? Lord, protect Ethan. Father, protect Anaya. If you have prayed a prayer like that for a loved one, where you realize that they are or they could be in some serious danger, then you know how Jesus prayed in John chapter 17, verse 11. Father, protect them. When the danger is great, Jesus prays. Jesus clearly understands the danger that his disciples are going to be facing. And what is that danger? that makes Jesus pray like, the, like he does? What, what, was it that they would soon be seeing Judas, one of their own, betray the Savior? Was that it? Was it because they would see Jesus go to a trial and be tried unfairly? Was it because this Jesus, they would see him being beaten severely or then even crucified, taken to a cross and, and killed? Was that it? Was that why Jesus prayed this prayer? Father, protect them. No, I don't think so. The answer is actually in that verse, in verse 11. Why Jesus prayed, Father, protect them. Well, Jesus says, I will remain in this world no longer, but they are still in the world. That is why Jesus prays, Father, protect them. They are still in the world. And the world is dangerous, and Jesus knows it. That's why he prays. Jesus knows the world's deceit. He knows the, world, the world's pride. He knows the world's power. He knows the world's danger. While his disciples are in the world, he doesn't want them to be of the world. And so that's why he prays, Father, protect them because they're in danger. 
But if you, it's not just the disciples some 2,000 years ago that are in danger in this world. We're all in danger of that same predator. What is the predator? What is the world? Well, the Bible would say that the world is any influence on your life that's contrary to the will of God or to the word of God. The world is any influence in your life that's contrary to the will or the word of God. So, I mean, think about it. Your own mother could be the world, right? I mean, we just celebrated Mother's Day last weekend and thank God for their work in our lives. But if your mother tries to influence you in a way that is contrary to the will and the word of God, well, then your own mother is the world. And she is dangerous to you. You ever thought of that way about your mom? Or it could be your father, or your brother, or your sister, or your uncle, or a neighbor, or sometimes more likely, your television, or your phone, or your computer. All of them, whenever they try to influence you in a way that is not, does not agree with the will and the word of God, they are the world, and they are dangerous to you. Do you see how pervasive this influence is? The world is what jeopardizes a disciple's faith and life, and Jesus knows it. He talks about it all the time. John chapter 14, Jesus says, I will not speak with you much longer, for the prince of this world is coming. So who reigns in this world? Who is the prince of this world? Well, it's the devil. John chapter 15, Jesus says, if, in the, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. So what is the world's stance toward Christians? It hates us. John 16, Jesus says, in this world you will have trouble. So what should you and I as Christians expect in our lives because we live in this world as believers? Expect the trouble to come. That's what the Bible says, because you believe. Here in John chapter 17, Jesus says, they are not of the world as I am not of it. In other words, you and I should not fit. We should not belong to this world. And then in John 18, Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. So what is the Bible? What does Jesus teach us about the world? The world is the place of the devil. It hates you. It's filled with trouble. You shouldn't fit in. And it's not where kingdom, Jesus' kingdom is. The world, that which is contrary to the will and the word of God, is not good. It is dangerous. It can even be deadly. But all, although the danger is great. I, I think so very often we minimize it. We ignore it. Or sometimes we even just embrace the world. The Bible describes the world as a predator. Well, we do not treat it like a predator. Kind of like it sometimes, actually. We like its alluring entertainment. It's self-indulgent focus, it's promiscuous sexuality, it's lazy and permissive spirituality. It's dangerous, but we toy with it sometimes. Rather than treat it seriously, treat it as a danger that it is, we say, ah, oh, you know what, I, I know. I know that it's bad. I've had two years of confirmation. I know that it's bad, but I can handle it. It won't hurt me, even if I dabble in it a little bit. 
and we minimize the tragic impact that the world can have on us and on our families and on our lives. But you will notice, if you read through the Bible, if you read especially through the Gospels, Jesus does not minimize the world. Jesus does not ignore the world. He knows the extreme danger that his disciples are in as we live in this world. And so he prays, Father, protect them. And in that prayer, I think he gives us three beautiful, beautiful truths in response to the danger in this world. The first truth that Jesus gives to us in response to the danger of this world First truth is that we always have the prayers of Jesus. Now, when Jesus prays this prayer, he's not just praying for those disciples some 2,000 years ago. He's also praying for you. The night before Jesus dies, he realizes the danger that his disciples are facing, and he, and he prays, Father, protect them. And if you'd read just a little further in John 17, you would hear in verse 20, Jesus say this. He says, my prayer is not just for them alone. My prayer is also for those who will believe in me through their message. In other words, Jesus is praying for you. Father, protect them because they're still in the world. And he's still doing that for you and for me today. You hear what Paul says in Romans chapter 8. He says, Jesus Christ is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. That means that right now, Jesus Christ is praying for you. Protect him. Protect her. They're in danger in the world. So we have the beautiful truth of the, that we have the prayers of Jesus. Secondly, we have the beautiful truth that we have the name of Jesus. When you and I were baptized into the name of Jesus Christ, we were baptized into the family name. We take on that family name like a child who was adopted. That child now has all the benefits of being part of the family. When we receive that name Christian, then we receive the benefits of being part of the Christian family. Protection from our father. The father says, this is my child, and I will love this child and protect this child. I'll defend this child. I will stand with you. When you're adopted into a family, you immediately have all these brothers and sisters and uncles and aunties and other relatives who care for you, who pray for you, who love you. And when my kids were born, they were born into the family lesh. And they didn't realize it then. I'm not sure they realize it now. But immediately, they had all these people who would pray for them, who would care for them, who would sacrifice for them, who loved them, all around them. In the same way, you and I, in the name of Jesus, have a Father who is looking out for us. We have a Father who protects us. We have people all around us who love us and care for us and sacrifice for us and pray for us. Confirmands, look around you. I mean it, look around. Turn around and look. See all those people? Those people, not just your family, but all the people in this place and all the people that were at 8.30 and 5 o'clock too, they're people who love you and care for you and would sacrifice for you, who pray for you. What a wonderful reminder that we are in the name of Jesus Christ. So we always have the prayers of Jesus. We always have the name of Jesus. And truth number three, we always have the word of Jesus to protect us against the predator of this world. 
And you listen to Jesus' prayer. Three times as, as you look along in, in, in John chapter 17, three times in that prayer, he, he says, protect them to his Father. Protect them, protect them, protect them. And then Jesus says this, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. See that final tool that Jesus gives to us? It's the word. It's the Bible. Bible is God's tool to protect you from the enemy. So love it, hear it, memorize it, pray it, think on it, internalize it. It will protect you. Confirmands, you always have the prayers of Jesus. You always have the name of Jesus. And you always have the word of Jesus to protect you against the predator, against the world. We just sang not long ago about those beautiful truths before the sermon that bears repeating. With eagerness shod, stand firm in your place. Or go forth for God with news of his grace. No foe shall disarm you, nor force you to yield. No arrow can harm you with faith as your shield. Though Satan presume to test you and try, in helmet and plume your head shall be high. Beset by temptation, be true to your Lord. Your helmet, salvation, and scripture, your sword. Amen. Now may the peace of God surpasses all understanding. Keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We gather our offering to the Lord.
And I and Ethan, can you please stand up? The right of confirmation is on page 10 and following in your bulletin. These persons have been instructed in the Christian faith and desire to make public affirmation of their baptismal covenant, marking another step in their growth as Christian men and women. Dear friends, we rejoice that through our pastoral and educational ministry, you now desire to make public profession of your faith and assume greater responsibility in the life of our Christian community and for the mission of the church in the world. Beloved in the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ said to his apostles, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You have been baptized and catechized in the Christian faith according to our Lord's bidding. Jesus said, whoever confesses me before men, I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Lift up your hearts, therefore, to the God of all grace and joyfully give answer to what I now ask you in the name of our Lord. Do you this day, in the presence of God and of this congregation, acknowledge the gifts that God gave to you in your baptism? Yes, I do. Do you renounce the devil? Yes, I renounce Do you renounce all his works? Yes, I renounce Do you renounce all his ways? Do you believe in God, the Father Almighty? Yes, I believe in God, the Father Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord? Yes, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Yes, I believe Do you hold all the prophetic and apostolic scriptures to be the inspired word of God? Do you confess the doctrine of the Evangelical Lutheran Church drawn from the scriptures as you have learned to know it from the small catechism to be faithful and true? Do you intend to hear the word of God and receive the Lord's Supper faithfully? Do you intend to live according to the word of God and in faith, word, and deed to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even to death? Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession in church and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? We rejoice with thankful hearts that you have been baptized and have received the teaching of the Lord. You have confessed the faith and been absolved of your sins. As you continue to hear the Lord's word and receive his blessed sacrament, he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. Parents, could you please stand? Dear parents, at the baptism of these children, you promised to bring them up in the fear and the love of God and see to it that they were properly instructed in God's word so that they may understand and treasure the new life given to them in baptism. 
You promise also to set a Christian example for your children by worshiping and growing in faith in Christ yourselves. Confirmation is not the end of the need for growth in discipleship for your children, nor for you. You will need during these next years of their lives to support and to love them, as by your example you continue to grow in faith through regular use of word and sacrament. Will you as parents support your children's Christian growth by word and example? The congregation, please stand. Will you, as a congregation, seek in every way, by word and deed, to provide for these young Christians opportunity for continued growth in the knowledge and the love of Jesus Christ? And will you, by your example of faithful worship, loving service, and sacrificial giving, be to them an example of the Christian life? We will, with the help of God. Confirmands, give then your hand as a pledge of your promise and kneel to receive the blessing. The congregation may be seated. Anaya Cleveland, your confirmation verse in Joshua 1, verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Anaya Renee Cleveland. The Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you new birth of water and of the Spirit, and has forgiven you all of your sins, strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting. Amen. Ethan Moss, your confirmation verses Matthew 5, verses 14 to 15. Jesus said, You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. Ethan Edward Moss, the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and of the Spirit, and has forgiven you all of your sins, strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting. Amen. And I and Ethan, can you please stand again? Upon this your profession and promise, I invite and I welcome you as members of the Evangelical Lutheran Church and of this congregation to share with us in all the gifts that our Lord has for his church and to live them out continually in his worship and in his service. Let us pray for the newly confirmed. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank and we praise you for your great goodness in bringing these, your children, to the knowledge of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ and enabling them both with the heart to believe and with the mouth to confess his saving name. Grant that bringing forth the fruits of faith, they may continue steadfast and victorious to the day when all who have fought the good fight of faith shall receive the crown of righteousness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The almighty and most merciful God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless and keep you. Amen. We congratulate our confirmants. We all stand for our prayer of the church. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Ascended Lord Jesus, we pray for the church that we may boldly seek to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into your holy and precious name. Without hesitancy and fear, may we love others as you have loved us. May we generously forgive others as you have forgiven us in Christ. 
And may we respond to your blessings cheerfully and extravagantly as we give our tithes and our offerings back to you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for ourselves that we would be spirit-inspired disciples, reveling in the gospel news of your glorious triumph over sin, death, and the devil. Bolster our courage that we may, in thought, word, and deed, shape the lives of those people with whom we relate in our families and in our vocations. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our world, formed and created by your word. Help us to be wise stewards, constantly striving to preserve the balance of your created order. Bless all people whom you have formed in your image with essential physical, emotional, and spiritual needs. And enable us by your Holy Spirit to be consciously aware of your immeasurable goodness. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for those with special needs. We remember the sick, the hospitalized, the recovering, the homebound, and others known to each of us who earnestly desire your healing in their lives. We especially remember this day Dottie Miller and Manfred Loesch as he has a medical procedure this week. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, we rejoice along with those who celebrate your special blessings and important milestones in their lives, especially Jim and Patrice Skellett as they celebrate their 47th wedding anniversary. Continue to lead and to guide them as they give thanks to you for your great gifts. And we join our confirmands, Anaya Cleveland and Ethan Moss, in praise and in thanksgiving as they have made public confession of their faith before you and before this congregation this morning. Continue to lead and to guide them as they grow in faith through the power of your spirit. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. You may be seated.
Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. Let us pray. O God, the Father, the fountain and the source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and our minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Remain standing as we sing our recessional hymn together, Go, my children, with my blessing.